You're listening to Once, episode 180, Darkness on the Edge of Town, Initial Reactions. Welcome back to another episode of Once. And welcome back to Once Upon a Time. <laughs> this is the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. And we're happy to have you joining us. And thank you very much for your support in the podcast awards. We are finalists for Best Produced Podcast. I'll tell you more about how you can support us and more in our other shows in the running as well later on. But thank you for your support. You are awesome. <laughs> And it's awesome that Once Upon a Time is back. This was a cool episode mm-hmm. and brings a lot of answers and a lot of new questions, questions that, as Once Upon a Time does, questions that we didn't <laughs> know we were wanting the answers to, but now we right. have these questions. Yeah. Uh, right off the bat, they showed some time had passed. Finally. Finally. I mean, how did these people go from... Disaster to disaster to disaster for so long without, what was this, six weeks? Yeah, something like that. They finally got to rest and things got to go back to normal and Regina got to burn Snow's artwork in her office. Yeah, so Regina's mayor again. (laughs) Yes. Why did that happen? Did they vote? Maybe Mary Margaret just decided, hey, this mayor mama thingy isn't for me. (laughs) So how about you do it? You're not nursing a baby. So right. You be mayor again. But apparently it's still her town. Yeah. It's kind of like things keep coming full circle in many ways. Well, and something else that has been raised now, a question is, what happened between Snow White and Ursula? Yeah, and how much really could have happened? They're making it seem really sinister, but we saw... Apparently, the one and only time that Snow actually got a black spot in her heart. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah. Take from that what you will. It it can't have been too, too terrible. Right. But what does it mean? But it's something that it's enough that Snow isn't willing to just let it be known and then to say, yes, that was the old me. She wants it hidden. She wants it kept a secret so badly that she's threatened to rip out the villain's hearts if the secret is revealed. So it's not just a, yeah, we made a deal in the past. It's something much darker than that. And Charming apparently knows what it is now, which great, you know, great husband-wife team there. You know each other's darkest secrets, and it's okay. So you took that as it had happened between specifically Snow and Ursula? Because I thought it was the Charmings versus those two in particular. Hmm. Well, I thought Snow Which limits with the Ursula time. primarily, but maybe uh, Cruella involved a little bit too because they were both threatened. But I hadn't thought about it being the Charmings with the Queens of Darkness. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's how I took it. But that really limits the time frame in which it could have happened. There are a lot of things in this that really limit the time frame. Stuff that I, I want to look at this more further. And, and that's why these are just our initial reactions. We're going to be a bit all over the place. Not everything we say will make sense. But one of the things that stood out oddly to me is that 
now we see that all this time Grumple has been preparing a curse. And the timeline of this is this is seemingly before... Oh, wait, no, wait. Maybe this does match timeline. We don't know when this is happening. The flashbacks, that is. We don't know when this is happening. Initially, I was thinking this is after Rumpel had Bell because this is after that whole deal thing went down and Bell followed the Dalmatian. But then I realized, no, this is after. I would, Sorry. This is before <laughs> that. Huh. I guess it could be. Because this seemed to be the first time that they all worked together and all met together. That's true. It felt that way. So in that case, this could realistically be 10, 15, 20 years before the curse. This would be before Maleficent had it. Right. Yeah, and she had the exact same staff, but just not the curse ball oh, in it. Oh, good But point. we did see the curse ball, the, the ball, the glass ball with the curse <laughs> in it, that is. <laughs> oh, okay. I gotcha. So curse I'm ball. wondering, how does Maleficent end up with the curse? Probably some part of this deal goes badly. I don't know from there, but I think it, it now makes a little bit more sense to me, but we'll figure this out more in our full discussions coming up, which by the way, time shift from 8 p.m. Eastern now to 7 p.m. Eastern over at oncepodcast.com slash live on Wednesdays. I want to see more about the dark curse I, or well, let me back up and put it this way. I'm really excited that we got to see more about the dark curse again, because that goes back to the roots of how this show started. Right. And getting to see a little bit more, getting a little bit more of an answer to how Rumpel got the curse. Like, is this curse that they picked up what told him you need a true love potion, you needed this, you needed that, and all of that <laughs> stuff. And so that's when he started assembling all of these things together, depending on where this fits in the timeline. I can't see Rumpel putting together all of these ingredients without having the dark curse in his possession. Right. Do you think the sorcerer is the one who wrote the curse? Now that's, yeah, that's a really good question. Sorcerer versus, versus author. So I was wrong. Yes, I have to say that. I, <laughs> and here they reveal to us that, yes, they were leading us to think, and they did tell us the sorcerer is the author. But then, no, those are very two different Two very different people. So the sorcerer seemed to be someone dark, dark and evil sense, and someone that Blue Fairy almost seemed afraid of. Yeah, I would agree with that. And then the author is someone completely different that no one has seen or heard from in years. But the sorcerer has some interest in the author because the sorcerer is collecting the author's books. Do you think Blue is the sorcerer? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I now have to give up that idea that Blue is one of the authors of the book because yeah. if she was, she would have said right then, oh, well, me and my team of fairies wrote the book just before the curse happened. You know, just like that <laughs> podcaster, Daniel J. Lewis, has been theorizing for years. No. <laughs> I still, I'm going to say it again. So they release the fairies from the hat and you've got a bunch of nuns and it just it's just funny. <laughs> it's just a bunch of nuns and they're still I don't know why they're still nuns but it's okay they are both that's fine <laughs> but speaking of releasing things from the hat we are very grateful for your kind support when you dig into the hat dig into the pockets dig into wherever you need to to find <laughs> money to support the podcast especially the monthly donations like during the hiatus time 
the donations that keep coming really help a lot to keep the server running, keep covering the expenses that we have. Even when we're not podcasting, it does cost to run the podcast. That's the way it works. But we really appreciate the support. So specifically, thank you to David Newland, Steve Johnson, Lisa Slack, Tappenbird, Laura Silva, DJ Firewolf, Marianne Lavati, Jessica Olson, and our 12 Patreon backers. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your support. <laughs> we could not do this. Some of those were you. from me. Yes, <laughs> a few of them, like every prime number, one. Sure. <laughs> hey, one other way that you could support us, besides financially, which we do really appreciate, if you want to do that, go over to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. There are several options there, like to just purchase stuff through our affiliate links to support us automatically on a monthly basis, on a per episode basis, or just on a, a one-time basis. Whatever method works for you, we appreciate every little bit. But another way that specifically you can support us right now is voting in the podcast awards. Right now, as we're recording this, the finalists are being announced. And Once Podcast is a finalist in the category for best produced podcast. That's that's his big things about our producer, John Buchanan. Thank you very much, John. You're awesome. And we would love to have your support there. And the way that the voting works is that once the voting opens, you need to vote every single day. And that's how a little show can sometimes beat a big popular show. That's how I won the award for the Audacity to Podcast once in the past. I beat more popular shows because my audience was more engaged and awesomer than the audience <laughs> of the bigger shows. So you are awesome. Please go vote for not just once podcast, but we have a few podcasts in the finalist positions. The announcements are still coming out right now, so I can't say exactly what other podcasts, but I think we have another one in the entertainment category, and we have one in business. I think maybe one in comedy, maybe one in technology. So there are several different categories. Best thing to do is go to oncepodcast.com slash podcast awards, and you'll be able to find the information about what shows to vote for and more information. There will be a video there showing you how to vote and such. And we'd really appreciate that support because this is not about how awesome we are. This is about how awesome you are. So <laughs> if you could go and vote every single day, and in fact, there's a way there on the oncepodcast.com slash podcast awards page that you can sign up for an email list that all we'll do with that list is just email you every day to remind you, please vote today. Make sure you're voting when, with these different categories. So check that out, please. Oncepodcast.com slash podcast awards, because you are awesome. And now you have a chance to prove it. <laughs> yeah. With Jeremy's ultimatum. <laughs> Speaking of proving things, I, <laughs> I wonder what kind of, comedy will ensue from trying to see ursula i feel like i'm talking like yoda tonight from seeing <laughs> ursula and uh, cruella trying to act repentant right trying to make friends trying to do all of these things they're not good at doing they already sounded fake or at least cruella i mean ursula did on the phone i thought she sounded pretty Fake. I thought the whole plan was maybe for them to pretend like they were reformed and wanted in, and then Rumple was going to somehow get in touch and warn everybody that it was a trick and they were going to let him in. Right. But no, they just let them in and then for whatever reason just let them keep the scroll. That's cool. Why didn't Regina, before they wrote away, just say, hey, scroll? May I have the keys back, please? Right. 
May I have the keys to the city back? <laughs> she gave him the keys to the city. Nice. It's a nice mayor thing to do, not really. <laughs> Chernabog, or Chern, Chernabog, I can't say it correctly, but <laughs> that's from Fantasia. And yeah. uh, so it's Bald Mountain. And there, so we're going to do some other research to find out other Fantasia things that have been tied in with us. And we'd love your feedback too. I'll tell you more later how you can send us your feedback for the full discussion. But it's neat to see them pulling in more from Fantasia. Even though Fantasia isn't what we think of as a traditional Disney movie. Well, I mean, yes, it's one of the great classics. It's not a fairy tale. Right. Or a nursery rhyme. It's not the one that kids are like, oh, mommy, 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 can I watch Fantasia again? <laughs> no. Well, maybe some kids are. Don't don't speak for all the kids out there. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but... Uh, Normally, you'd think of the fairy tale stories, but Fantasia is one of the classics. And certainly, Fantasia was an amazing work of art for its time. And they've already pulled elements from Fantasia, like the sorcerer, sorcerer's apprentice, walking brooms. Yeah, all of that stuff. That's from Fantasia. So it's neat to see them pulling in even more from this. I wonder, are we going to see like construction workers dancing around while they're working? on the construction site and stuff. You have to see Fantasia. So, I'm going to have to see it again, apparently. Yeah, so we'll we'll watch some of that. But this demon thing, I thought was going to be more of a menace than that. It uh, It's kind of a single-minded menace. Did it seem like its size changed a couple times? Yeah, maybe. It was really big on top of the clock tower, and then it was also on top of Emma's car, which I didn't think was as big as the clock tower. Because we've seen people in that tower. I thought that it was going after Emma. I just had a feeling because they were focused yeah. so much on the technical language. It's it's not oh, after know. the one who has the darkest heart. It's after the one who has the potential for the most darkness. Yeah, it was so, slightly foreshadowed slash underlined yeah. two times. So now we know Emma has the most potential, potential for potential not the darkest heart just the potential i would think that would be henry somehow somehow because it all goes back to henry oh well these that things are three. these things are sort of arbitrary and they're made up for well in the same way fairy tales are written well, i think say, it, it well, can be true a time, well that's the name of the show so i guess they can make up little pieces of lore when you look at the characters who have magic they've gotten the magic in a sense, either to do something evil or to do something good. It was kind of like a personal or purposeful acquisition of magic previously. But Emma, no, she was born with magic and she learned how to use what she was already born with. <laughs> it, it, to me, it does seem to separate her a little bit from everyone else who has magic. And therefore, it could seem like she has more potential to go any direction she wants to. But then again, I don't know about the whole good guy going bad suddenly sort of thing. Christopher Nolan, I'm looking at you right now. <laughs> so I I wonder where they could go with that. If it's even something they're going to go down. If If Emma turns dark, here's my idea. Either it will be... The Queens of Darkness persuade her. Maybe it's something she learns about Snow White's past, this strange thing we're going to learn. <laughs> Maybe it's the sorcerer. Or what if the... Okay, I'm just throwing out stupid ideas now, but what if the <laughs> author 
rewrites the book and it changes Emma and Emma becomes the villain. Do you think that would be have to be the result of a rewrite? It could be. Uh, they kind of established that rewriting the book isn't necessarily going to control anybody. Yeah, that's true. But they're still looking for it, so I don't know. It could be. I think they'll definitely they don't they didn't bring it up for nothing. They'll do something with it. The question is, will it be one episode, five episodes, or an entire half season? Say, season five, part one. Maybe they'll lead up to it, and that'll be the cliffhanger. Yeah, it could be. Because they've got to have some end game in mind with all of these things. Yeah, Depending on how long they stretch this out. They have the hat and the Fantasia elements to tie this whole season together instead of having two completely separate stories, which solves part of, or one of my complaints from last year, which was that hard break between stories with no time in between for the characters yeah. to even breathe. Yeah, that's true. Something else about this episode is that we learn a nice uh, an answer that Maleficent is not fully dead. And she is still in Storybrooke, and <laughs> they're going to bring her back. Dead. Yeah. I kind of wanted to see Rumpel outside of Storybrooke more and see yeah. his struggling or, or doing things outside and manipulating things from the outside, which it was cool that he was the professor who did the translation. He's yeah. all fancy on the email now. He sounded like he was going to go take over the world. So now he's trying to get back into Storybrooke. Yeah. And that's that's fine. And they did get the... I also had the nuns, the fairies, out of the hat right away. But at least some time had actually passed, even though we didn't see it. But uh, why didn't they get anyone else out of the hat? Because the spell that Regina used was very specific to only get certain people out. Hmm. But Rumpel gave the translation, and so Rumpel gave a translation that also included this beast. Right. I'm just wondering why they wouldn't... I mean, I guess that's like pandora's box you don't want to take everything out of there and they didn't necessarily know about the apprentice specifically although hook does yeah you would think he might say hmm at some point so there was this one guy maybe we should get him too he can help well he did say in this as he and bell were trying to plan he said something about the old gentleman that was also Mm. sucked in there that he wanted to get all of them out and they said no (laughs) apparently just the ladies are out (laughs) the old guy likes it in the hat i doubt that it seemed blue was not too happy with having been in there oh by the way i like the lost reference mr clucks isn't that hurley's chicken business mr clucks well i'm I'm pretty sure it is because that name was familiar i'm i'm like 99.9999 percent confident that's very certain uh mr clucks chicken shack yep yep yeah, so nice. And it would just probably, just taking a guess here, but probably um, Lindelof's voice uh, at the drive through Is it, I think it's Lindelof that they normally use as a voiceover for the radio. <laughs> Could be. In Storybrooke. Yeah, one of them. I forgot that was a thing. Yeah, so we've got a lot to theorize about, and it's great to have the show back and more stuff to theorize about. So we want your feedback. What theories do you have? What things did you notice? What research have you done? What things do you know that can bring extra insight into what in the world is going on here or what in the storybook is going on here <laughs> since we're back in storybook and everybody's in storybook again? 
<laughs> Send us your feedback for inclusion in our upcoming full discussion, which will be at 7 p.m. Eastern time over at oncepodcast.com slash live. Email your feedback to feedback at oncepodcast.com and write the episode title in the subject line, or just at least include the word darkness in the subject line so we know that it's for this episode. And you can also call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221 or go to the website, onespodcast.com, and send a voice message through the website. You can also participate in the forums on the website to share your own theories, comment on other people's theories, and much more. And if you'd like to comment on the show notes and share this episode, please share it, tweet it, like it, Facebook it, Reddit it, and share it on Pinterest and Tumblr and everywhere you can. So share this episode from oncepodcast.com slash 180. Please remember to vote for us in the podcast awards because you are awesome at oncepodcast.com slash podcast awards and connect with us on social networks. You can follow us on Twitter at oncepodcast. And I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at The Ramen Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. And until next time, have a cluckety-cluck-cluck day. And thanks for listening. Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our sponsors for this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to be one of them, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor.